I knew that I wanted to build wealth through real estate. And no matter what I did in the future, I, I knew that I was going to trade my time for money in the beginning while I was going to build passive income by investing in real estate. Welcome to the House Hacking Success Podcast, where you'll learn the path to free rent and financial freedom through real estate. Featuring your hosts, Brad Labrie and Drew Klingler. Hey everyone, real quick before we start the show, Brad wrote an amazing ebook that will teach you everything you need to know about house hacking and living rent free. To get a free copy, text house hack all one word to 22828. That's house hack all one word to 22828 to get your free copy. Well, welcome to the show, Diego. We're really thrilled you're here. Very happy to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. So your uh, story is incredible, right? I know a little bit about it, and we want to tell our listeners about it. Tell us a little about your early journey to America and how that impacted your life and your drive towards real estate. Yeah, so um, right now, um, I'm 29 years old. I live in Austin, Texas, but uh, I came to the United States when I was nine years old. I came from Peru. Um, we came here with a tourist visa, but then after my parents overstated, uh, we became undocumented immigrants. And now with everything that is going on with, with Congress and the Supreme Court, um, I am what Congress calls a dreamer. So I am part of the DACA program. And what the DACA program does, it allows dreamers like me who came under the age of 16 to be able to drive, to be able to work to pay taxes and all this other stuff. Throughout my life, I have faced a few obstacles, challenges that my other friends wouldn't have. Um, at the age of 16, I found out that I couldn't drive. I couldn't, I, uh, I went to the DNV and uh, I gave them all the documents that I thought were required. And they said that with those, I couldn't get my driver's license. And that's when I knew that my life was gonna be different than my friends. So in spite of that, I went all into my schooling I, uh, I graduated third in my high school class, um, and then from there, I got into FSU. While I'm applying to universities and for scholarships and all this other stuff, I also found out that I couldn't qualify for student loans or financial aid. So that was my second obstacle. Like, I'm trying to do everything that, that quote-unquote, like the American dream, right? Um, so as I was going through schooling, um, I found out that I couldn't qualify for for that. Um, but as that's going on, I also I volunteer with a nonprofit at FSU, and uh, and they also said that I couldn't work legally. So at the age of nineteen, I find myself not being able to work, not being able to drive, and not being able to get financial aid or student loans. So it hasn't uh, it it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy, but I figured it out and I made it happen. I can imagine. I can imagine. So tell us a little bit of transition from FSU to your yeah. first job and what that was like. I know that you couldn't necessarily work and so you had to start your own business. Uh, mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about all that and, uh, you know, then making that transition and moving states. Yeah. So I so, yeah, I lived in Florida for about 13 years and um, I found out that even though I couldn't work legally, I could still open up my own LLC. So I began doing websites and um, IT work for small businesses, nonprofits in, in Florida. And as I was graduating college, um, 
Obama passes the executive order called DACA. And that finally, as I was, I was, as I was a senior in college, um, I finally got the opportunity to be able to work and drive. And that was the point where I was like, okay, um, the, the opportunities that I have now are a little bit more, more even to my American friends. And, uh, and that's when I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I was 21 years old. And at that moment, um, even though I was still like undocumented without any papers at that time, I knew that I wanted to build wealth through real estate. And no matter what I did in the future, I, I knew that I was going to trade my time for money in the beginning while I was going to build passive income by investing in real estate. So by reading that book, I got hungry into learning more about real estate. I read books like Rich Dad, um, like uh, the book by Napoleon Hill, um, How to Win rich. Friends. And, yeah, that one, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Richest Man in Babylon. Um, but as, as I was graduating and now that I could work, I got a job with GM and they told me, Diego, do you want to go to Austin or Detroit? And I'm like, I do not like the snow. So I went to uh, I went to Austin, and I've been here since 2013. I worked in corporate America for about two years, from 2013 to August 31st, 2015. Um, I was 25 years old, and I left that to go all into real estate, where now I am a now I am a realtor. Um, between me and my business partner, we sell from 60 to 85 homes a year. And uh, it's been quite a journey, but totally, totally, like, it's been very re rewarding. And I've learned a lot of skills um, of being just resourceful and always being able to to figure out an option to make my goals happen. And, and now, fast forward years later, um, I own uh, a little bit more than 10 properties. Wow. Great awesome. story. Great yeah. Story. So you... uh. You started your first house hack at 24 years old. Could you tell yeah. us a little bit about that and how you found it and how you financed it? Yeah, for sure. So I, um, my first property, I had to speak with probably 15 loan officers because they they didn't know what the DACA program was. So Another they obstacle were like, for you. Yeah. They were yeah. like, Diego, we don't know why your employment authorization card says that category. We need to see your green card. And I tell them, I don't have a green card. I'm not American. So after speaking to a lot of lenders, I found one here in Austin that could do it. So I was able to qualify for a conventional loan, putting 5% down. Um, my my The property cost 170 k It was in North Austin. Four bedrooms, two and a half baths, 1853 square feet or something like that. And um, I was, I, the goal was to live in the master bedroom, rent out the other three rooms and be able to live for free. So my mortgage uh, was 1350 at the time. And um, I was renting out each room for 550. So I had a total of 1650. Um, on the gross, right? And then after paying my mortgage, I had enough money that was also paying my car payment. And because I didn't get student loans or anything like that, I didn't accrue any debt while living in college. So I've been living, I had all my expenses, my main expenses of my car and my house paid by other people since then. And it has been, it has gave me, a, it has given me a great opportunity to use more, more of my money wisely. 
That's incredible because the average American spends 50% of their income on housing and, and transportation. Right? Mm-hmm. And right there, you pay for both of them just by house hacking. Exactly, exactly. And the crazy thing is that it, I, I went to the closing table with 6500 6, bucks. So, and what was cool too is that I was able to show the, the, the home to potential people um, that wanted to be my roommate so that by the time that I bought, I bought the home on a, on a Friday, close, I got the keys. And by Saturday, I had two tenants right into the house. So it, it worked out great. Wow. Yeah. So you've bought several houses now. Tell us about the next one after that first one. How does that like, how did you finance it? How'd you find it? Yeah. So the next, the next few, actually, once I told my friend of what I was doing, he's like, Diego, can, can you and I do some over there in Austin? And, uh, I told him yes. And we bought two more homes, putting 20% down. Um, they were more investment properties, but we used the same model of renting by the rooms. So in the beginning, I didn't have that much cash. So he put his cash and then we partner up in a way that I would use my realtor commission to get to basically to become, to use that part for, for my part of the down payment. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then as I was getting more money, I was able to pay him more to the point that we were 50, 50 partners. Um, so that's so, how we did it. So, so real quick, were you using yeah. almost entirely just your agent commission? I was for using- the down payment? I was using my, so my business partner was bringing in the 20 K I mean the 20%, 20%, right. And you're using your commission. I'm using my commission and then I had to pay him back. (laughs) So what was cool though, is that, um, he was putting in 40 K and I was bringing in my six and then, um, yeah. But after a couple of years, we were able to become, um, we were able to, to, um, we were able to buy one other property too. Uh, nice. So we, we own at some point three properties. And what happened was um, he so so he wanted to sell the properties after a couple of years because he wanted to, to in, he was creating an, um, a startup in Colorado. Okay. So I was like, okay, cool. You can sell the properties. Um, we sold them and then I used the cash from one of the properties um, to buy my next house hack for me. I bought it with, I bought a DR Horton home. Now here's a cool part, right? When you're buying a brand new home with a builder, the builder was going to pay for my closing costs if I went with their lender. So I had put in 20 K to buy this property with my friend. When we sold it, it had appreciated a lot. So I took 40 K from from that property and I use all that 40 or like 50 K that was mine to put it down to the next property. So, wow. yeah. And because I use commission at that point, they were giving 5% commission plus the appreciation of that other house, plus the lender pay for my closing costs. It worked out great. It worked out awesome. I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. So, so you have, uh, you own 10 properties in three states, if I'm correct. Tell us a little yes. about, about yes. managing properties, uh, in, you know, in multiple states, long distance real estate. Uh, tell us a little about that, how you do it, uh, maybe property mm-hmm. management or, or how you work that out. Yeah. So my brother, he's a wholesaler in 
in Jacksonville, Florida. He has he has a great team. And um, what what happened was I enjoyed investing here in Austin for for the for on the house hacking side, right? Where the ideal home here in Austin to cash flow, because if not, if you buy a three bedroom or a four bedroom family, um, single family home and you put a family there, it's not going to cash flow. So after after seeing that, okay, I don't want to continue renting out to roommates so, so much. Um, I saw another area in Florida where I could buy a home for, let's say 40 K and it would rent out for 650. So because my brother was a wholesaler, he was the one that found me a couple of deals. I partnered up with, with my dad and we were able to buy two single family homes and a duplex. And then later, um, I was able to buy a quadplex with a buddy of mine. We went 50-50 on it. It was 100K. Um, it was 100K and it rents for like $2,000. So each each side, it's a 2-1 and each side rents for like 500 or 550. So it's a gross of 2200 um, Our What we did is after we bought it cash, after six months, we refinanced it. And um, we were able to pull out our some of our cash because it appraised at 115. Um, we didn't do anything to it. So, so they didn't give us any extra money. I, but, um, we use that money to, to buy a duplex. So now, uh, we own a quadplex and a duplex with, with him. So, so real quick, let's speak to that a little bit. We hear, hear a yeah. lot about Burr investing, right? And, you know, I've done a little mm-hmm. bit of that. Talk a little bit about uh, just putting money into a property, buying it cash, maybe taking on partners, and then eventually yeah. taking that out to to go and buy another property. Talk a little yeah, about so, that proce- proper, uh, process. Yeah, um, doing that kind of strategy, it it works well if you are buying a property that that you think that there's equity um, as 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 you buy it cash, right? Because if you're getting a loan, um, the the owner of the property might say, hey, if it's going to take 30 or 30 or 35 days to close, I want closer to asking price. But if you're closing cash in two weeks or whatever, you can reduce the price, right? Because um, a lot of people do like that cash. It brings them security. So um, so buying a home cash with equity, after six months, the loan officer can lend you the money and then, but you're able to, to, to get an appraisal based on the market values now, let's say, um, and be able to cash out around 70 or 75% of that. And then you use that extra cash that you make um, to be able to rinse and repeat. And that's the idea. Awesome. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. And then what happened then after buying some of the properties in Florida with, with my dad, um, and with with other friends over there, um, I began investing in Tennessee because my business. I had a buddy who um, who we had invest. He had bought two properties here in Austin with me as as, as his realtor, um, and then he started investing in Tennessee, doing Airbnb, and um, and after he ran out of cash. He basically asked me, hey, I own six properties now. I have the teams in place. I have everything that's working. Um, 
would you want to buy a couple of properties with with me? I will manage them and uh, and go from there. And I told him yes, but I wanted to be, but I wanted to secure myself too. So I was like, so I told him if we can put all the properties in your Airbnb host um, as he hosting it, where all of his properties, whether I own some or just the ones that he owns himself, I want those to be under that same username and profile because if he gets a bad review on one, it will affect all of his portfolio, right? So that's why I won that. That it was my my way of giving myself some some security too. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then with those Airbnbs, um, I don't really do much. Um, I don't, he's, he's the one that takes care of, takes care of everything. Um, we made it in a way where we're 50, 50 partners, but he takes a 10% management fee every month because at this point I care more about doing my, some of my house hacking here. Um, I care more about building my real estate team and my business here. And that for me is just more passive. And I want, at that point, I want to be as passive as possible. Cool. Is there any adjustments you guys have made in your uh, Airbnb approach, or is it has it been something that you know you guys really uh, going into it set a solid game plan and have executed that? Um, there's been a couple of different um, conversations that that we've had right now because we own now we're at six doors um, overall. We've one of the one of the expenses now ha- has been accounting. Because in the in the beginning he he was doing it all himself, but now we have a CPA that basically that that manages all the accounting for all of his properties and my properties that I own with him, and we go 50-50 on that. Um, and uh, yeah, but now we're we're talking like six hundred bucks a month just on accounting, uh, but it's totally worth it because I feel like it systemizes our our process. So that we can actually continue to to expand and grow. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. So let's uh, let's dive deep even further into your partnerships with a few different people, right? Uh, your yeah. father, some of your friends, and stuff. Tell us a little bit about the financing in those situations, like how you approached it. Uh, what type of you know, even in cash deals, like you know, mm-hmm. it probably wasn't just a handshake deal. Like, how do you structure those? How do you approach people and partners? Because there's a lot of people here that would like to partner. Uh, what yeah. advice would you have on doing that? Because you've done uh, a several now. Yeah, I would recommend that you partner up with somebody um, that's bringing something else, like some other skill, right? Because if you go, like, if if you know how to build homes and you partner up with somebody else that knows how to build homes, but then you don't have the cash then that partnership is not going to go anywhere. But if you partner up with somebody that has a skill that you may not have or have the cash, then then that's going to be something that will be a win-win for for the two of you or or the three of you, right? Who whoever's in that LLC or corporation whatever. Um so that's number 1. Find out what skill the other party's bringing in that you don't have. Um num- number 2 is to Put it in a way that you're creating your own LLC, and uh, and have all the funds go through the LLC, because you don't want somebody to have the funds going to his bank account and then later be asking him, "Hey man, you you need to pay me for this month," and then he yeah. So you want to make sure that you structure everything the right way. 
Um, one of the things that usually happens when you're buying a home with a loan is that the banks are going to lend you on your name, but you can still fund all the funds, the rent money and pay the mortgage and everything through the LLC's bank account. So keep that in mind because I've had a bunch of investors that come and say, Diego, we want to buy a home in Austin, um, but we want to, but we want to buy it through our LLC and the no bank is going to lend you for your first property through an LLC without putting a lot of money down. And mm -hmm. it's like amortized at a higher rate. And mm -hmm. some, some, sometimes it comes with like a seven year arm. I don't know what all of that means. I'm like, dude, just get a conventional loan in your name and have the funds go through that. Later, you can pay an attorney to basically change the title of the property from your name to the, um, to your LLC. Mm -hmm. Um, but that will come afterwards. So creating your LLC and making sure, I always recommend people that they talk about what is what is the strategy going in and what is the, the exit strategy for that one property or maybe the multiple properties and even the partnership. Because you want to know, um, because everybody's happy and excited when they come into the partnership, but then when something goes wrong at the end, they're not happy anymore. They're going to bring that's, other stuff, right? That's an, that's an important note because I think, you know, another thing to add to it is clarifying who's going to make the difficult decisions when those arise, you know, yeah. in, in different, you know, when you're partnering, usually you have different strengths and weaknesses and just clarifying, you know, who is going to make the calls when those, you know, difficult uh, situations arise in this situation versus that situation. Because uh, I went through a partnership, I had a great experience. We just clearly defined who was going to make decisions based on what came up. You know, I I took my strengths, you know, and I made those decisions, and my partner, you know, made decisions in his strengths. You know, and we just clearly defined it. And a lot of partnerships that I see that fail are the ones that they don't clearly define who's going to make those decisions. And then when you know tough situations come up, they both go in different directions, and they end up hating each other at the end. So uh, clearly defining exactly. what you're talking about. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And and that happened once to me. Um, and uh, because of the numbers and stuff like that, we ended up, I ended up not getting $1,800 after we sold the home. But I took that as a lesson. And I'm like, okay, that lesson cost me $1,800. I will not do that again. Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of those lessons, don't we? I yeah, well. we do. We do. And and as realtors, we 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 have them even more. I had yeah. to pay for like a fridge sometimes, <laughs> the curtains and curtain rods. So oh, yeah. I see them as okay, that lesson cost me six hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of them. So you are a realtor. Uh you run a company that does over twenty million a year uh yeah. in real estate. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So what was what was interesting, um was so when I wanted to buy my first house hack here in Austin, um, I didn't have I so at that point I wasn't a realtor yet. Um, the realtor that was helping me, we were I had a lender who said, Diego, we can lend you the money. So he gave me the prequel, all of that stuff. And we were under contract. We go through the inspection period, everything. And then two weeks before closing, the lender says, Diego, we need to see your green card. And I'm like, I told you from the beginning, we don't have it. I don't have it. So we had to cancel the contract. And I felt really bad because like that realtor has spent so much time driving. Like we, we saw a few properties and wasted his time with the inspection and all this other stuff. So what, what I did is I went to him and I told him, hey, I'm pretty good with technology. 
I feel bad that I wasted your time. What can I do to help you on, on like, do you, do you need a website? Do you need something with, with technology that I can help? Um, he said yes. So I helped him out a bit and we became really good friends. Um, fast forward a year and a half later, um, I asked him if I could drive him around um, while he was meeting with clients and showing homes. And I really liked it. So I drove him for two weekends for free um, just to see if it's something that I would like to do. And I began, I, I told him, I said, I work full time. So I do not have the time to learn like all, all of this by myself. Can you mentor me? He said yes. And then um, and that's when I took the exam. I took the courses and then I became a realtor. Fast forward to 2015, I left corporate America and we partnered up and, um, and what he, he was working a lot by himself and I noticed that he didn't have any systems in place. So I read the book, The, the E-Myth, and uh, that book changed my life because I went into the partnership with like just systemizing as much as we could. Um, and through that, um, we were also able to hire somebody else. And then we have an office manager who takes care of almost all of the paperwork. He's the one that drops off the signs, the lock boxes. Um, so he has freed up a lot of my time too, that for the first year I did while I learned what the whole process looks like. And since then we've sold probably over 200, 200 or 250 homes. Um, yeah, it has, it has been a lot. And, um, but we are we are on on average closing sixty to like eighty five homes a year, um, so it's been it's been a lot of fun. Wow, very cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah. so being an investor, house hacking, uh, being an agent, selling that much. What are your long term goals in real estate? My long term goal. So in the future, I'm not a millionaire yet, um, but I want to become a millionaire and starting or at least an accredited investor and start investing in syndications in the future. Um, I don't know much about it right now, but I know that that's where I'm going to be going because uh, a lot of my mentors are um, are doing all, all of like the multifamily syndications, apartment buildings, commercial buildings, and uh, that's something where I feel like I want to grow into. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you've yeah. mentioned uh, quite a few books. Uh, yeah. What's your favorite mindset and business book? My favorite mindset is Rich That Poor That. Because that book doesn't tell you how to do anything. It just changes your mindset. Um, and that book actually uh, allowed... So I set a goal that by 35, I wanted to own 10 properties. And I was able to do that by like 20, 27, right? And that's when I realized that like I underestimated what I could actually do. Um, but it became by the people that I was surrounding myself with. Yeah. Um, the, the other books, sorry, I have a light that keeps on going off and on. I don't know why. Um, the, um, the business book, I do like the, the e-myth that, that for me was the one that, uh, just gave me different ideas and, uh, and I was able, so what I did is in that book, they talk about putting everything that you do in checklists and procedure manuals. So I filmed myself doing a lot of the tasks in my computer, filmed my screen, and I gave those videos to somebody in the Philippines that I was paying like three bucks an hour. 
uh, and she did the procedure man- manual for my whole business. So it cost me actually 72 or 75 bucks. And that's what I gave my office manager. And then if he had questions, we would go back and fix them. But at the end of the day, simplified my life by a lot. I bet. Yeah. Cool. Uh, do you have a favorite real estate book as well? Favorite real estate book? Um, let's see. Well, I mean, the um, Rich That Poor That Wouldn't Be a Real Estate book. Um, but I do. Um, I, I read one back in the day called uh, real estate investing or something or something like that. But right right now, I, I just got the house hacking book by Greg uh, um, Curlop, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I just got it recently. I'm going to start reading that one soon. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It's all about house hacking. <laughs> yeah. It's a, yeah. it's a good book. Um, you know, Drew and I have, have yeah. uh, went through it a little bit now. Um, yeah. You, you know, to wrap things up here, you've, you've yeah. got an incredible story. Uh, you were on TEDx. You had a talk on TEDx. Yeah. You have a website about house hacking. Of course, yeah. you're an agent uh, and you're active on on Instagram. Tell us, tell our listeners a little bit about where they can find more about you and maybe connect yeah. with you and, uh, you know, try and grow. Yeah. Um, if they want to connect with me, they can send me an email to info at diegocorso.com. Uh, they can also check out the website househackingclub.com. And uh, hit me up on Instagram at, at Real Diego Corzo. Awesome. Well, we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, For sure. It's been amazing. You've got a lot of insight. You've done so much in so little time. And, and honestly, you know, you can just tell your drive and you can tell what you've gone through and it's driven you, it's pushed you. I mean, it's amazing. You talked about setting the goal at 35 mm-hmm. uh, to have 10 properties, I believe, and you did it by 28, you know. Uh, that's amazing. And that's what can be done in real estate. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Re- really appreciate this opportunity too. And, uh, and if there's anything that I can do to help, definitely let me know. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, well, amazing story. We appreciate it, man. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye, Drew. Bye, Bradley. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. New episodes released every Wednesday and Friday.